0: Howdy, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of The Get Around. I'm going to be your host today, Jake Atnip. Here with me in studio is James Cook, and joyous and graceful enough to spend some time on his birthday with us here at The Get Around the one and only seven and four is Harrison PB. Thank you for coming and you know wasting your day away in the Get Around Studios. Hey man,
1: I've missed you the last few uh, podcasts I've been on, so now I get to share the studio. I see James all the time, but
0: then again, you and I spent a lot of time in Battle Creek. Too, yeah, we so it's... <laughs> we spent plenty of time down this past week together over the last three days. I Ended up going to the movies, uh, checking some things well, out.
1: Afternoon uh, reporter day. Afternoon yeah. delight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was.
0: Uh, we had the theater to ourselves. <laughs> well, when you go to see Halloween the week before Thanksgiving, chances are you're,
1: you're going to be left
0: alone in the theater. It made it a lot better though because we got we to just, talk. Not even just talk, we got to talk a lot of crap.
1: Yeah, and I even had, took
0: a nap. You did I think it was several power naps, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we got to put all the seats down, move around, do a, do whatever we wanted to do. It was a lot of fun, but the big thing was we went down to Battle Creek for the volleyball state finals and that didn't turn out the best for our area teams and you know, last week really didn't turn out too good for anybody out of the area. It was kind of—I uh, call it—heartbreak Saturday. Yeah, I—I I called it somber Saturday. That's somber what Saturday. I. Yeah, that's yeah. what I—that's what I taglined it uh, for a teaser in the paper. But
2: Saturday of sadness.
0: Yeah, whatever you want to call sadness it. Sadness day. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> it, it was no fun for just about anyone. I know uh, teams are definitely proud of making it out to the state finals. We had Onekama go out to the Superior Dome and lose to Rapid River in the Division II eight-player state finals. We had Traverse City-St. Francis football drop their state semifinal game against Montague, and we had Leland drop their state championship game against Mendon. We're going to get into all of those in this episode number 58 of the Get Around. We're going to go a little bit more in depth. Like I said, Harrison and I spent a lot of time down in Battle Creek for volleyball. James Took a ride out to Mount Pleasant where Harrison... He took a hunting
1: break. Yeah, to took a break from football. hunting, yeah. You don't know how important that is, people. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I want to ask you, how how has that been going? Is it just cold sitting, not much happening so far this year?
2: For the most part, yes. I mean, it's just sitting there trying not to be cold and trying to pay attention. But
1: you had jerky and Mountain Dew in your little deer blind, so that's mm-hmm. that's enough to make...
2: Mi- like, it's my birthday. And a mouse. Oh, yeah, a mo- little there's, friend. There's like a mouse that like lives in the deer blind that I have. That makes Did you sense. name it? Built I don't know. I have no. I have yet. yet. Stuart Little, it's probably gone by now.
0: No, I, I I bet you that mouse is still there. It's cold
2: outside. Yeah, no, it like lives in it's there. Got it's shelter. like I've seen that mouse for like the last like three years. Three years. Yeah, dude. It might you be even the same family rent. or something, but it's it's been like in yeah, that. Yeah, he owns blind.
0: that blind now. You're you're yeah. renting from him. Yeah, I was I said, you can't. You don't mess with that mouse at that point. He's there like ten months he's out of the year. He's a little hunting buddy. James hangs out there like six weeks out of the year. That's his house. But nothing good to report?
1: Did you have a non-somber Saturday? Anything good to report?
2: Uh, Well, well, my... weekend? My buddy Tim got a a six-point Saturday morning, so... He scored
1: six points? Hunting?
2: I'm kidding, I... I know
1: how hunting is. The, the bucks are scored with the points on their antlers, but I don't really
2: know. It was an actually an eight point. You know, like a touchdown, a two point conversion. Oh, but, no, he went for two. But you know, yeah. I actually covered the St. Francis game with blood on my pants because I helped. You did. I had to help him hang the deer.
1: Shout out to uh, Mother Nature though, giving us a nice semifinal to cover with some sunshine and decent temps compared to last year. It was a
2: lot better than I expected it to be. I, you saw how, how, uh, how many layers I had on. Yeah, you stuff. were prepped. I was, I was bundled up for like twenty degrees. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you came straight from hunting.
0: I would expect you to be warm enough. You were sitting there for four hours. You're like, well, got to get out of the blind and go watch a football game now. I even had my orange hat on. I was going to say, you probably spot Yeah, Can- nobody, nobody was aiming
1: for him. I was going to say,
0: I thought he still had his camel back. Like, you probably couldn't find James on the sideline if you were sitting in the press box. Quick as
1: Danny Passino out there. Yeah.
0: We do have to get into some of these sports. So um, <laughs> before that, we do want to mention we are sponsored by Jimmy John's. Very appreciative of that with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Freak Yeah? Freak Yeah. Freak Yeah. But to get started, we're going to check the heartbeat of spo- the sports world and get into the Pulse. We did mention each one of these three games, but we are got a little bit more to talk about. As we back it up, take a little retrospect on the seasons. Uh, one ended a little bit early, a couple got all the way down to that final game and didn't quite see... You know, the ring on the other side of the tunnel, I guess, is the way to put it. But I guess we'll start off with the state semifinal game from St. Francis, the game that you two had the distinct opportunity, pleasure to go to out in Mount Pleasant. Like you said, weather was a little better. But, you know, I think all of us kind of underestimated this Montague team. I don't know if it's Trevor said St. Francis. I day, did not. But I was on the
1: podcast a week ago saying you can't sleep on a Grand Rapids area team because they're going to be playoff tested. But,. I'll let James break down uh, his assessment of it first.
0: Well, Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, St. Francis lost 14-7 to in the state semifinal game. I believe Harrison, you said three out of four times.
2: Uh, semis, yeah, three now. out of
0: the last four years, they've dropped this game in the semifinals. I mean, what happened to the Gladiators on Saturday?
2: Well, they ran into a, a huge, huge team. I think it was the first time all season that they've just seen anybody with that kind of size and that they kind of couldn't push around. Um, you know, I mean, at best, they kind of Bought to a standstill. I thought both teams did a pretty good job, and neither one really dominated that game or anything. Um, you know, Montague's offensive line goes. They have one guard that's 195 pounds. The rest of their offensive line is 290, 260, 310, 265. That's like a Big Ten offensive
0: line.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, that, I mean that's,
0: that that size could be a. a Big 10 Whether well, St.
1: Francis is a little smaller than average or they're probably a little bit bigger than average in Montague, but you can just tell looking on the sidelines when they're in those goal-line stands and you got these beefy guys right there. And uh, to be honest, when I first showed up and saw that size discrepancy, I was kind of amazed that St. Francis was, was moving the ball so well and then took that 7-0 lead into halftime, but that just shows you know, how battle-tested they've been all year, getting that big win over New Lothrop, a team that is now playing for a state championship in Division Seven. Um but, yeah, first half was kind of – it rolled in at the end of the first half. It seemed like it was kind of – they were trading missed field goals and turnovers, but St. Francis had the lead. But uh, it, it, right away, Montague kind of dictated pace in that second half with that first drive. And the second drive that they scored a touchdown on, I was – I think I was really impressed by it, and you could tell the St. Francis fans were really nervous about watching because they were getting automatic first downs, no problem, and, and, and chewing up clock – not that that was really an issue is how much time was left for St. Francis, but you just felt like they took, I don't know, what is the time of possession? They got that on that stat sheet for you? I feel uh, like they sucked up a lot up, of yeah, it in do. the second half.
2: Montague had an advantage of 26-15 to 21-45. Which Tra- Traverse City St. Francis does <laughs> have a reputation of scoring
0: quickly, but in a game that's 14-7 where it's going to be one on the ground, that
2: time of possession battle had to do a lot with their demise. Yeah, and all three scoring drives were long drives too. Um, St. Francis was eight plays, and Montague's were thirteen and eleven. I mean, they just put together some nice, nice uh, drives where they were just getting consistently three, four yards all the time. They were, you know, breaking it up a little bit with some sc- short screen passes and stuff like that, but nothing really down the field. They didn't really test St. Francis' secondary yep. very much at all. That
1: was to their advantage, though, as they were completing a lot through the year, whereas St. Francis kind of stuck to their ground routine, which normally works. But the fact that Montague was able to make some completions. Uh, set them up nicely for that score. But I still say in that final St. Francis drive, Danny Passino was getting his own first downs. Every single play was him running to the side and getting a score. There's one highlight I showed on Saturday. He trips himself up. Yeah. Basically, it was about 20 yards or so on the gain, and then he kind of trips up, and you could see the look on his face like, ah, can't guarantee that was a touchdown, but he felt in his mind he had a shot at the end zone on that, which would have tied the game with an extra point. So who's to know where we go? But right, it was either right after that play or the play after that. Montague called a timeout. I don't know what they adjusted in that timeout, but it worked from there. They had to they forced the Glads to punt before they could get into their own into the red zone at that point. And then Montague took the clock away from there. But St. Francis had that chance there to make it real interesting in the end. So it was a very good game, but in the end, uh, those semifinal demons kind of caught up to him again.
2: How how different do you think the game would have gone if? If Danny Passano was at 100, because obviously he was not. I mean, they were limiting his touches still in that game until that last drive, kind of where I think they ran him six times in a row or yeah, something. Yeah, it was it was all um, him. Um, they, I kind of wonder... they were really rotating the thing. I mean, I think I, I don't. I don't have any confirmation with this, but I think he's been dealing with like cracked ribs all season. That's I mean, because he's been wearing a flak jacket underneath his pads. Well, most, that's why he missed the, the he missed the Calumet
1: game because of that reason, right? Um, but then he came back, played played a majority of the Kingsley game. So I think everybody assumed he was at least okay. He yeah, had a lot of but carries. Still, in the Kingsley still game. fewer King,
2: fewer carries than normal, kind of. You know, you, know, you, they, you hate I mean, to have
1: health determine you know how a season goes. And I think if you had Danny in here right now, he would tell you that his ribs did very little to affect the result of that game. Um, and you can tell he was leaving on that last drive. He was going to leave it all on that field. If he was going Mm -hmm. to get into Ford field or be denied Ford field, um, and you just made those adjustments in that timeout that I think proved to be the the sealer.
2: Yeah. And there was one time in the first half, I think it was before you got there, um, where he ran the ball and (laughs) uh, ran to the sideline and got hit the the late, the hit wasn't late, but it was kind of helmet to helmet. Didn't get called or anything like that. And, uh, Man, Blatt's, the coaches Blatt's from St. St. Francis, were just, like that. Yeah. they were just going crazy, and they got him immediately checked for a concussion, um, but he apparently passed all the, all the tests and everything. I could say he was back in the game not too long after that.
0: But I do want to ask you guys, so obviously falling in this state semifinal, there's going to be good teams along the road, but do you think this Montague team was the best team or the best matchup that they had faced this season, or do you think it was a out physical outsize type of thing when Saint Francis all year has been the more physical team or has been able to have two or three guys to your one guy who's who can kind of wear you down uh do you think this is the best team they've
2: played so far if you take those two three hundred pound guys off that team no I think I think new Lothrop was better you know you take those you take that giant offensive line kind of out of the situation and give them a a normal normal i guess air quotes Offensive line. I think that, you know, maybe Kingsley might even be better. You know? I was gonna
1: say that, you know, dep- snow or not, that Kingsley game was close for a long time when a lot of people weren't expecting it to be that close. Mm-hmm. So whatever adjustments Coach War made for that second meeting definitely paid off. Until in the end, St. Francis was able to pull away. Whereas this one just kind of felt like. Momentum driven drives. A few momentum driven drives were really the fact. I mean, fourteen to seven game. There wasn't much you could do. You just kinda had to when you had those opportunities you had to take a there wasn't a huge play by either team. They mm-hmm. were just the, all three of those drives. As you mentioned, they were long drives with uh several first downs and getting in the scores when they needed to.
2: Yeah, there was one there was one thing in the first half that could have been a big momentum change each way. But when uh Montague kicked the ball out of bounds, and uh, St. Francis decided to take the penalty and make them re-kick. Mm-hmm. Take the yardage and make them re-kick. And then on the re-kick, St. Francis fumbled and muffed the muffed the kickoff and, and fumbled. And Montague recovered. But then a couple plays later, they fumbled Montague back. fumbled back. Yeah. So it didn't end up making a difference. It was pretty but, even
1: yeah. of a game. And you, you could see it It was kind of like even. the volleyball game that we're going to talk about. Even though it was
0: a sweep, it felt like on a different day, another team could win. Yeah, so Harrison and I spent a few days down in Battle Creek where Traverse City, St. Francis, and Leland both took the trip down to the state semifinals. uh, Prior to the recording of last podcast, Kingsley was into the quarterfinals for volleyball as well, which they fell in that quarterfinal the day after we recorded the last podcast. And then Traverse City, St. Francis went down and lost on Thursday to Unionville Seboing. Seboing, yes. USA. I, that so might that not, not be the exact. Is that how it's pronounced? Answer. I don't know. I, really I thought it was
1: Seboing. Seboing. It Seboing. might be that. Somebody Seboing. emailed me saying I said it wrong. I, I just I apologize. Just call it USA. It, yeah. yeah. If I'm not if that team's not in my viewing area, I don't feel bad if I mispronounce <laughs> it. It's not that I'm not trying, I just it's, they're I, not
0: watching, so Once again we have the luxury of being able to just write these words. And you, I don't have to say them. Until oh, it's I like feel this. worse
1: about the kids' names yeah. if I say oh. a kid's name wrong because I that happens that probably wants a highlight. But least. I was
0: I was digging their chant USA. It's got to be pretty cool to have that. But it's it's actually Unionville, Siba Wang area. area area, not, not Academy. Academy. Yeah, everybody thought it was Academy, but it's area. But anyways, uh, Travis City Saint Francis went down there. We'll talk about them here in just a little while. But um, as part of the Sombre Saturday, uh, Leland made it all the way back to the state title game division 4 state title game to play Mendon. They won it in 2015. This group of seniors had were a few of them were on that team, brought them all the way back to Battle Creek. Now 3 out of 4 years, kind of like Traverse City Saint Francis in that semifinal spot quite often now, but they made they swept their way all the way through the playoffs up until the final when they faced number 2 Mendon, number 1 versus number 2, and Mendon swept them out 3-0 and I mean it was kind of surprising if you ask me. I, you know, I've watched a lot of Leland volleyball this year. I've probably seen, at least, seen them in at least, I think, 10 matches now. And th- it didn't even look like the same volleyball team that I've seen a lot of the years, and it's or a lot of the da- times. And it's not that Menden wasn't a quality opponent, because Menden was a very, very good volleyball team. But like you said with, you know, the Gladiators, on another day I think Leland definitely could have won that game and probably should have won that game. But... Well, I think it's tough to say that with a sweep. But... Yes, yes. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's what Lori Glass said in her post-game interview when they yeah. said, make make a comment, Lori. And she said, eh, Mendon was just better than us today. And I, I was kind of saying that to you and the other reporters that were at the game. You know, it just felt like it was taken from Leland as opposed to Leland having a chance to really take it for themselves. Yeah. And um, I don't really know if that's... You know, obviously, I went back and looked. Menden had to beat Battle Creek St. Philip, which is usually the perennial power in Division Four, Class D in the past. So I don't know if that win really kind of gave them an edge going the rest of the way. I was going to say, we were surprised to see Leland fall, and so was everybody who followed Leland but everybody who follows Menden wasn't surprised to see them beat Leland in a sense. So we knew at number two they were going to put up a good fight. I asked Lori on Friday after the semifinal when I'm like, this is the one we all want, one versus two. How fun is it to be in this situation? And rightfully so. She's like, well, we got an opponent. We have a, somebody we got to meet on Saturday, and we have less than 24 hours to prepare for him." I think that's another thing that kind of hurts a, big deal. a semifinal to a final. Uh, it's for both teams. They had that same amount of time, so it's not really sliding one over the other. But it, it really it was a situation where Laurie was exactly right. On another day, you could see a different result. But on Saturday, November 17th, 10 a.m., to play for a state championship, uh, Menden dictated pace early with that first game. The second game was pretty close. The
0: well, first game was close, too, all the way up until about 10 or 12 points in, and then it, it just turned for the worst. It was, they were, I think they were tied when it was 10-10, to 10, and then all of a sudden it was 17-11 to 11 or 18-11 to 11 Menden, and then turned out being like 24-16 to 16 overall. But, yeah, in the second game... Leland took them all the way down to I think Leland the had 20th the lead. Point. Yeah, all the way down Leland to twentieth, twentieth or twenty-first point they were up, and then Menden came back and rolled off four or five straight just to take the second game. They left. could
1: kind of like Montague's timeout to stop Danny Passano. Menden had a, in that second game a couple timeouts when they were down four, I believe, and then they rattled off several straight points after that. So those proved to be well-timed, you know, breaks by their head coach that really helped get them back in the game and stop any momentum that Leland. Was building, and I'm sure that coach knew that. Like, yeah, we got to do something, or it's going to be a one-one game, and at that point, it's it's back up in the air.
0: Well, yeah, and that's besides the one thing is, I definitely, from about four or five points in, I could tell that there was something a little bit off with the team. They didn't seem to have the same. I said it. I said in my story, same type of swagger, but I don't even know if I would put it that way because I wouldn't say that they had swagger when they were always on the the court, but they had a... Comfort a, level. Yeah, or a, a certain, like, level of confidence that you could just see, like, even when they got down a few points, you were just like, oh, they're gonna break off an eight or nine point run. I just did not see that on Saturday, and on, on Friday, we talked about this, when they played... Um, Carney Nadu. Yeah, when they played Carney Nadu, Hannah Elwell had, like, a killer instinct in her eye. Like, she was literally, literally... with kills. Yes, no, but she was... She was... She was doing so well. Allie Martin was back there. They were digging the ball. They looked all over the place, and I know... We talked a little bit about their road to the state championship game and this not quite the whole season that they had, but you know they've been they'd played in plenty of big tournaments, plenty of division one opponents that they had played and beat Division two. they went all across the state and did this. but just in the playoff run, we know we talked about them going eighteen straight games without dropping a set uh, or six straight games, eighteen straight sets without dropping a set. And I I, I'm, I don't think the competition was as good on their side of the bracket as it I, was I would American. guess that as
1: well. Not not even factoring in Battle Creek-St. Philip yeah, being even, on the even, other side.
0: Exactly. Even besides that, I just feel like they might have, I'm not saying coasted too much, but I just don't think that they were ready for It could be a mental high, thing. Yeah, it could be a mental thing We don't
1: want to give excuses for the girls because they're not going to give those excuses either. But, you know, I, I've routinely said, and I think James would say the same thing, every year the <clears> team they play in the quarterfinal is I don't know who's in that regional. Usually Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart comes out of it, but they never give those girls a game. So, in a sense, you're starting off championship, championship week with what feels like a district win. In a sense, you should be playing tougher opponents every week, but then that week kind of becomes a soft week, and then I'm not knocking Carney Nato back back for years. making the run, but... Who knows how good a UP team really is down there compared to a Menden. I think we kind of saw in the level of competition. It was easy for Leland to win Friday. It was very difficult for them to even try and take a set on Saturday. So obviously in those 24 hours, uh, there was a very big difference in opponents. And I I don't know, I just from from my eyesight and from my vantage point, that
0: that seemed to at least play a little bit of a factor in the end result. I definitely think so too. There was just some uncharacteristic errors by the Comets like, you know, I saw Ellie Martin whiff on a couple of kills. Ella Siddall, uh, who we'll talk a little bit about later, she, you know, she one of the best setters I've ever watched, and she was she set the ball into the net a couple times and just gave up points, and it was like, this isn't what Leland Volleyball does I on the hate, And I know
1: this wasn't an idiot, but I hate they play these games at 10 a.m. 10 in the morning. Like, like,
0: nobody plays games at 10 in the morning
1: all year unless you're in youth soccer. Yeah. <laughs> like... And they do that in the same basketball. The class D, the Division Four basketball finals are at 10 a.m. as well. When Buckley's played in the past few years, and it's like nobody—they're doing that this Saturday and Friday and Saturday for yeah. football. Football games at 10 a.m. Nobody plays games that time in the morning for that. Impo- okay, it's one thing if you're playing a regular season yeah. game for a state championship. You know, kids are already nervous and having trouble 10. sleeping. They'd
0: rather play 10 p.m. 10 PM. Than, than oh ten yeah. in the morning. Yeah, huh.
1: but you're much more hyped up and to ready try to, go. to try and wake up and and shake off some rust and cob cobwebs from an. I mean, I'm not, to, I'm not I'm not pr- trying to paint all these excuses. No, but, but even that's being just a in a hotel and everything like that. You know
0: what I'm saying? You're, you're you're staying in Battle Creek or staying in Detroit, eight hours from home if you're from the UP or whatever, and you got to shake off rust from a hotel room that you've never been in before and go to compete. Yeah, I definitely think that. A noon or one o'clock start for the first games, and maybe making that last game start at eight o'clock isn't that bad of an idea instead of six. But either way, I mean the Leland Comets looks fantastic all the way up until Saturday. Yeah, they belong. And they they deserve
1: to be there. Yeah, that's and what I mean. There's no shock that they're there. And as Lori said, we would not be surprised to see them be mended on another on a, any other given day. It just wasn't that. Yeah.
0: Time. Even if even if she said tomorrow, she said I want them I'll tomorrow. Them tomorrow, exactly. So they they were ready for them right away. But I just don't think they were ready for them on Saturday, and that. Plays a lot when it's the biggest stage and the one game to rule them all, I guess. One more team that did participate in a state championship game on Saturday was the Onekama Portagers in Division Can we II. get
1: our uh, reporters in on, on speakerphone to recap it since yeah. none of us were
0: there? No, no, none of us were there. Sorry to the Onekama Portagers. You just picked the worst possible day to play for a state championship. No, it's just, uh, it, it. it's harder to talk everybody into letting us go on a six-hour drive as opposed to a three-hour or a one-hour drive. So distance does have a lot of things to do with it. So we didn't forget about you, Onecama. We were trying to get some Onecama Portagers in here this week, but it is a little rough after having such a long trip all the way up to Marquette to northern Michigan for the Superior Dome. I know they just got back into town on Sunday you know, afternoon. Uh, so I remember I talked to Coach Not John Neff yesterday, and he was telling me everybody was just getting settled in. It was just the end of a... Really, a three and a half day trip up there just to go play a game uh, for one game. So well, they but, can.
1: I mean, obviously, they'll we'll start with this. You know, they can. They can be a little disappointed in what happened on Saturday, but they can also say <laughs> they were the only Record Eagle area football team to play for a state championship in 2018.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't take any offense either, because we uh, we did spend some real money to hire a, a reporter freelancer and a photographer freelancer up there yeah. for that game at the Superior Dome because.
0: We needed to make sure we had you out there. We had to We had to have somebody out there. We just couldn't afford... Well, there's only so many people in so many places you can go at once. Yeah,
1: try being a one-man department. That's always fun on, on those Saturdays. Yeah, that's um, why... I, but we that, did get highlights from our friends in the UP station that were there covering it, too. So that helped.
0: Yeah, but like Harrison said, he was down in Battle Creek for 10 o'clock, and then... And then I got in, to Mount, Mount Pleasant. I time-traveled. And then he was on the news for like 6, who knows, but either way... Oncema o- o- went up there. They had a fantastic season. They only had a couple losses: lost to Wyoming, Triunity Christian, who made a pretty deep playoff run. Yeah, Sutton's I was surprised Bay. Triunity didn't even make the finals. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me. But uh, loss to Suttons Bay, who ended up losing to Pickford, uh, who and ended then Pickford up lost, loss. but to Morris, who's been a very very good football team for the last. Wasn't few Morris years.
2: the team that beat Triunity, though?
0: Yes, Probably. Morris has been a very very good football yeah. team and a player for the last few years. I when I was down in Lansing. They were they were the powerhouse around there with Portland-St. Patrick. But either way, Onekoma has had a fantastic season. They went all the way up to the Yuper and took on Rapid River. They lost 30-18, to 18 and they had some trouble finding some offense when we did our little preview last week and throughout the week when we did a few write-ups about it. It was a big story how Rapid River, you know, didn't really have the best defense. They let up a lot of points, but they scored a lot of points, and Onekoma's defense was only letting up 8 or 15 points a game, and th- that would be the story of the game. It kind of seemed like it was flip-flop for the Portagers. They went down early and were never able to rally back with that offense against Rapid River's defense, but are you surprised by the outcome of, you know, a, what was it, a 7-3? and three? Or, or it turned out, to, a 7-3 and three at the end of the year, uh, Rapid River team, turning out to be a 10-3 and three Rapid River team who wins the state title. Are you surprised that
2: Onakama had made it this far and then fallen to Rapid River? I I, th- I thought they were I, – if I would had to put money on it, I would have taken Onekama in this game. But, uh, um, you know, I think Onekama showed up. I mean, Rapid River obviously showed up, became one of the first teams all season to really shut Onekama down. Um, I mean, even in the games that they lost in the regular season, they, they weren't completely shut yeah, down. this was shut the down. biggest
0: discrepancy in scoreboard. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, for them all year.
0: Which is wild because it's still only, whatever, 12 points or
2: – yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Ben Acton ran 18 times for 76 yards. Um, the whole team only had seventy six rush yards though. Yeah, they they didn't even gain so they, outside of Acton
0: they had zero. They didn't gain two hundred as a team.
2: Yeah, and then Luke Motler threw for uh, one hundred and twenty three yards on four completions. Yeah. you know, th- so this wasn't the result I expected. No, but uh, you know, Rapid River obviously just came in with a plan and and had and, and worked it. Well, and
1: that's the advantage of being. I, I'm not saying that's how they won, but that's the advantage of being a couple hours away from the Superior Dome and I'm not going having to make. That basically uproot the whole community to go to the UP for two days because I'm sure they went up Friday and it, you think you said oh, they yeah. didn't come back till Sunday. Till Sunday. Uh, Rapid River did that whole trip I'm sure in one day, probably. Yeah, maybe. they were the sec- they were the second game, maybe. So,
0: but I know I talked to Coach Neff yesterday evening, and he told me you know he couldn't have been happier, and none of them could have been happier with actually having the chance and the experience of going up to the Superior Dome. You know that's not something that. Even football players, you know, 11-player football players. Nobody, nobody else in you know, our area got to play an indoor football game this year. Yeah, indoor football game, but For not even just, But not even just that. But even 11 players, of course, it's awesome and cool to go down to uh, Ford Field. But going up to a place like Marquette, uh, right right before winter hits, going up to the Yuper Dome, that's all an experience in itself, going up north of the bridge instead of uh, heading all the way down to Detroit. They were happy with that experience in itself, and obviously this is a— Historic season for the Portagers program. First state title appearance in, in program history. It's Neff's second year, I believe. I mean, what mm-hmm. do you think this says about Onekama? You know, you, you guys saw him as a favorite last year, and then they lost to Central Lake, and now they made it all the way back here. It seems like they're kind of inching closer and closer to, you know, an
2: ultimate goal. Yeah, I think they're going to be kind of a, one of those programs in the player football that you're going to see having a good record every year and, and being there and, putting themselves in contention to make a long run every season. You know, they're, they're one of the more they – were, they were an established 11-man team. You know, they weren't a lot like – all of these eight-player teams are schools that didn't have success playing 11-player because they didn't have enough people or enough players or athletes to fill out a whole 11-player roster so they wouldn't play eight-player rost- football because it just made sense. Onekama, on the other hand, was still successful in making the playoffs on a regular basis in 11-player football. And they dropped down to to eight player. I mean, because it it made sense for them numbers wise as well. I mean, they would get into the, they would, you know, put up seven and two seasons, and then go in the playoffs and run into St. Francis a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, one of those. I mean, they you they know? had a they you saw they had a ceiling in eleven man at least at the time. So I think that made the choice easy for them. Mm-hmm. Unlike other schools who were fighting it, they're like, you know what, we we've got a better chance to be competitive in eight man. And have these great seasons. Let's do that. And so far, it's two playoff appearances and one state finals appearance. So I, I'd say things are going all right so far.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if it made any, if it was a factor in the decision to go play eight player football. But they've got, they've got a, a a bubble coming in the high school where I mean they don't have any, they don't have any freshmen on the, on the team this year. They don't have a JV team. They have zero freshmen on the team. So they have this bubble coming where they have a small class coming through. And I don't know if that was a factor. And them just saying, you know we're going to have to play 8-player because in a couple of years, there's no way we're going to be able to field an 11-player yeah, team. Yeah.
1: But I think they'll roll the dice and see what happens. I mean, that's, it, it, you know John Neff, he's always casually, optimi- excitedly optimistic, so I'm sure he's going to, we're going to talk about the futures of the teams in yeah. a second, but I'm sure he, he'll be uh, well in control of things in years to come. Yeah,
0: no, I was, was going to say, bringing up optimism, uh, might as well take the somber Saturday tone and toss it out the window, talk about the future of these I did have.
1: I don't want to re- reference it, but a St. Francis mom came up to me before the game was even over, and she says, well, you know, I am not. I won't name who, I actually wouldn't know her name anyways, but she said, it's not all bad that we're not going. And I'm like, yeah, it'll be nice to have everybody around for Thanksgiving, won't it? But <laughs> at the same time, yeah, those kids really probably want to be at Ford Field.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody would go down there, go do the... Macy's Thanksgiving Parade or something the day before. You can find plenty of stuff to do down there. We're gonna to toss the somber Saturday tone out the window in just a second. Actually, I do want to ask you guys one more question about them. Out of these three teams this past Saturday, which result
2: was the most surprising for you? Um, I think I think Leland getting swept. Not not you know I I could see I could understand any of these teams losing, but I just didn't expect Leland to get swept. You know you get to a you get to a state final either. Playing somebody good who can obviously beat you in a game, and anything can happen. But I just that was what surprised me. I mean, the, the St. Francis game was pretty close. You know, the Onnecuma game was not a blowout. You know, and uh, I just did not expect a sweep by Menden.
0: Bad, bad uh, preparation on my part, but I was unaware until after the game. Menden, in in all of the games that they had won, they said they have never they never they not been taken four sets one time. So I think after they won that second set they kinda had a feeling it was it was done and over with, but all Because cool. that yeah. was the close. That, that that's the way set. that they did it. That was their that was their Leland always said, Oh, we kinda started slow and then went on a ten point run. That was like our way to do it, or Kingsley would be like, Oh, we'd lose our first game and we're or Saint Francis we could lose our first game and then win street three straight. Like they all had their kind of way of doing things. I guess Mendon's was sweep everybody and if you don't if you don't sweep, you're probably gonna You're lose. running laps. Yeah, no, but uh Again, it's a miracle, right? Hey, what geez. about you? What about you, Harris? I was Which surprised. Saint Fr- I,
1: I just texted my sister Saturday, and I'm like, "Hey, I might not be coming down to Detroit after all." I was, I was convinced that I was going to be seeing St. Francis play in that Division Six state title game Friday afternoon, and especially at half when they scored, when it was zero-zero, you know, anything. But when they took the touchdown into the halftime break, I thought, "Okay, Glad's are playing with a lead. That's a comfort zone for them." I figured they'd have the the defense that would hold down at least Montague from scoring two touchdowns, which that didn't happen. Uh, but as I mentioned, and when we were breaking it down, the Wildcats on those two drives just could not be stopped. Whatever whatever they did to tweak things, they, they made the right second half adjustments. And I, I look at Josh Sellers as being the guy that I usually see making adjustments and and making the effective plays necessary to to get to a state final. So I was. Really surprised, you know. You didn't know what to expect with Menden, for sure, because they were on the other side of that bracket. But St. Francis, I felt had had a good road to get to Ford Field this year, avoiding the Ithacas, avoiding the Jackson Lumen Christies, the the powerhouses that they usually have had problems with in the past. And Montague uh, proved that that Grand Rapids toughness was there, and and just kind of t- in that second half, just kind of took took it away. And it, it happened really fast. I, I walked out of that game thinking that, that was just weird, a weird football game because it never felt like a, a back-and-forth. So it wasn't as, you know, uh, entertaining, thrilling as as the Kingsley win in the snow, and maybe that was part of the weather, but this one just kind of felt like a couple couple big drives, and then that, that kind of sealed it up, and I didn't see that happening.
2: Yeah, and when you got to the end of the game, too, you were kind of like, wait, wait, this is, is over? over? It this was, was over fast. Already? It was only yeah. about two hours. Yeah, because there wasn't a whole lot of throwing, and when it was, it was, it was Montague throwing short screen passes, so, you know, it's not like... There was a whole lot of time to set up the next play or anything. And then the
1: only reason it went a little bit longer than two hours is because both sidelines called timeout, like five timeouts in the last two minutes made it felt like the end of Return of the King, where it's like, okay, we know where this is going. But nope, here's a a little longer, and here's a little longer, and here's a little longer. Obviously, coaches do what you got to do to get your players in the right mindset. But on the sidelines, I had to race back two hours to get the stuff on for six. I was like, is this over yet?
0: No, but uh, I mean personally, I was definitely extremely surprised to see Leland get swept out of that game, especially because being down there and seeing them play as well as they did on Friday, you know, just going right back to it, it was just completely different. But like you said, Harrison, another one was, you know, I was talking to you know my family, setting stuff up, trying to figure out exactly how the holiday weekend was going to work. I was, I was dang near convinced that Travis St. Francis four well, four forty five Friday afternoon was going to be playing first state title. I I didn't know much about Montague, uh, but you guys had told me quite a bit about um, them playing from the down from downstate schedule and how Saint Francis has fared over the last few years with those types of teams. But you know what we saw at Saint Francis here was nothing short of incredible. You know, outscored their opponents basically, you know, eight to one on the scoreboard um, with that, any any points any point total, and you know them going down there not making the trip all the way down. You know, for these other two teams. I think after the playoffs had gotten started, we expected them to at least make it to the semifinal or make it to the final game. Uh, of course, I, as we, I've kind of tiptoed around over the last few weeks or the last few months. Is I don't like to, you know, pigeonhole anybody for anything because this is the type of things that happen. You know, they drop games. In... They do. They just hate that it's
1: happening in this round. This exactly. has become their new. Achilles heel of sorts. you know. It, it, look at it. It's now, as of going into next year, it, people always... I, my dad and I were having this conversation Sunday night. Uh, people always match St. Francis with state titles and playing at Ford Field. It will now be next year, 10 years, since the last time they played at Ford Field was 2009. So they'll go into the 2019 season. It'll have been a whole decade since they've been down there. So people put them in that spot, and rightfully so. They're still a powerhouse in that division, but it's now been coming next year it will have been 10 years since they've actually played down there
0: for a title all right now we are actually dip, ditching the somber saturday tone and going to spin it forward for these three teams who has you know who can we be the most optimistic about who do you think who do we think is going to be back in this spot next year or close to it uh, even you know maybe even take it a step further than they made it this year uh who, who's ready for a reload and ready to go for 2019 2020 It's really, and this is no knock on Onekama
1: at all, but it's like so tough to say who's more likely to get farther, St. Francis football or Leland volleyball, I guess because the fact that Leland was in the finals this year and St. Francis wasn't, it's easier to pencil them back into the finals. Josh Sellers and Lori Glass speak for themselves, Hall of Fame level coaches, and you can just you, you you're not worried about them. You're not wondering what's next. They they just they're gonna do their thing, and you're you know just like we talked about making plans to go to Ford Field and Battle Creek. I I'm sure there's a lot of people, whether they're pro or against St. Francis football and Leland volleyball, that are already assuming penciling in Leland for Battle Creek and St. Francis for the semifinal and to be in contention for a state final. So. I'm gonna go Leland just because they always do seem to get there, uh, but it's, it's a really tough choice between those two.
2: Yeah, I think everybody's gonna lose a lot, so it's a little, it's a little hard. I'll, but I think all three of those teams kind of have the program going, and I think, like we said, Nekema has the built-in advantage of that they had success at the 11 player level. I could, I could see all three of these being back and making long runs. I don't know, I don't, you, know, I don't, you can't bank on anyone make it back to the state championship game so if I could see anybody going back to the same level that they did this year it would be St. Francis getting to the semifinals rather than Honekema or Leland getting to the finals again Um, I think all three of them could make some noise um, you know but even St. Francis they're going to have to replace a ton they are going going to lose 23 or 21 out of 22 starters the only starter that they will have back is Colin Endres at quarterback.
0: Yeah, which I'm sure that they'll be happy to have that, especially because I'm sure, hopefully, he'll he'll be able to mature a little bit, and they'll add a little bit more passing game into their their attack next year. But like like you guys said, I think all three of these teams do have a decent chance. But James made you made you made a really good point. These teams are le- losing a lot. I mean, Leland volleyball losing a setter like Ellis all or Ally Martin, you know, two four year var- state champion varsity players. Uh, Went to Battle Creek three out of four years. They have, you know, a few underclassmen who are definitely playing some incredible roles on that team. Same thing with St. Francis football. They have some underclassmen who have been able to come in and do it. But that that team was mostly ran by seniors. And if it wasn't for Sellers and the program that is there, you know, you would think they might have to take a big step back. But you know, with all all things considered, I think you know Onekama might actually have the best shot to get back to this point next year with the quality of A-player football in the they area. They will be missing
1: a Ben Acton, though, and that's and that's a big that's one. A big heartbeat for that team. Kind mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would go on the limb and compare him to Gavin Mortensen of Central Lake, and a lot of people thought that, you know, oh, we can find another quarterback, that won't be a big deal, and I think Central Lake fans will tell you losing Gavin was a big reason why they were not able to get back in the playoffs and defend their title again this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in St. Francis, like I said, they will—they'll lose every starter on defense. It and it is going to only be have really their, weird. Watch. Only have their quarterback back who. You know, only played about half the time. Essentially, but Danny
1: Passano was the quarterback for the last three years, barring yeah. some injuries. It, because we're so used to it now, it's going to be really weird watching a St. Francis team without Danny Passano oh, And all three yeah, three yeah, sports: we, 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 baseball, we, we, basketball, yeah. basketball, football. And to to know that his football career is done is kind of sad. But I, yeah. I know you guys will probably be talking about Danny a little more in the the weeks to come. That I wish sure. I could take part in those
0: conversations. No, I'm it, sure. Maybe for maybe a you
1: certain can. award. Maybe. Maybe you can. I don't get a vote, but I can take part in the
0: conversation. Yeah, maybe yeah. just a little bit of social lubricant. But that is going to do it for one of the longest pulse checks in the world. Uh, well, You've got to keep breathing. Yeah, we had, a, we had a lot to talk about. It was a long season and weekend for these teams. We do want to extend a big congratulations to all three of those teams you did have a fantastic season, you know, making it to the There's state. There's a finals. reason why we talk about exactly. it for so long because it was that important. Exactly. And it, there, there there is no joke when it comes down to making it to a state finals game, one out of two or one out of four game, one out of four teams in the state semifinals. Um, that says a lot about your teams, your players, your coaches, your programs. So, congratulations on another, you know, stellar year for your programs. But We're going to move on. The Pulse was brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to move into the bulletin board and just get a few things out of the way. There was a couple other things that happened last week while we were busy down in Battle Creek or hunting like James and Brett and I'm sure a lot of other northern Michiganders are doing. uh, We... Had National Signing Day last Wednesday. I know I was called into action to go check out some of the athletes from Northern Michigan who signed their National Letter of Intent in the fall season. Biggest name, I know we've talked about her quite a bit on this podcast, but Annika D. finally inked her Letter of Intent to play for the University of Michigan. She's officially a Wolverine, even though she verbally committed in the February of 2017. year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> almost the end of her sophomore year. Uh, but she's now a Wolverine, had a couple other ones. Chloe Sandy from Traverse City Central, uh, rowing down at Stetson. Brendan Pierce is going to be playing baseball down at Wingate and, in the Carolinas. Uh, Katie Banks going out to Merrimack College. And Morgan Lyon is going to Northern Michigan University to run. And also we had Paige Mathias. Uh, she signed a Division One equestrian scholarship with Auburn. I uh, Didn't actually get a chance to go out to that signing, but... Wanted to give a few of them some shout-outs. Sander Oaklin from yeah. Glen Lake oh, yeah. also
1: signing with Lake Superior State last week. Super and
0: uh, just today, and, and
2: Mitch Mickenburg sent the email out that Jessica Leffler signed with Fair State exactly, volleyball. And Tommy Gallagher from St. Francis with Calvin Baseball.
0: Okay, yeah, so we had definitely had a pretty Tommy's big handful. My <laughs> Tommy's it's my boy. Tommy. my Tommy.
2: boy, Tommy. Well, now that you got injured, we could actually kind of chat
1: on the sidelines a little more in the playoffs. So, John Neff and Tommy Gallagher are my two go-tos <laughs> on sideline football <laughs> games.
0: But, uh... Yeah, definitely had a handful. I'm sure we're pro. we probably are missing a few, but just wanted to give those student athletes a shout out for signing your national letters and tents. Congratulations on furthering your athletic careers. I'm sure everybody, including us, are very proud of you, so Yeah, none of us did that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know I know I didn't make it that far. Either way. Nobody's here to hear about our lack right, of student athletic right. careers. Uh, we want to talk about some people who also need to be recognized. Some swimmers and divers who went to the state finals. Last weekend down at Eastern Michigan University in Ypsilanti. But Darby Drake and Jade Turner from the Traverse City Tritons both went down to the state finals for diving and placed inside the top 20. So congratulations to them. I know we don't have too many teams up here, so it's always good to see at least a couple schools represented. Uh, in all of our sports, so we just wanted to make sure we didn't forget about the individuals who were the showing up. Swimming's out. a big deal downstate, so
1: yeah. the fact that we have some girls from up here that, that go down there and, and do pretty well, that's, that's a nice little showing
2: for us. Yeah, the trains have done pretty well in diving over the last few years. You know, At the beginning of the year, they just had the two turn the two divers, uh, Jade Turner and uh, Winnie, living good mm-hmm. on the team, and then uh, we did that big story on them, and then uh, Darby decided she wanted to come back out for the team. She, I guess she went to the team's first meet, and decided that she wanted to get back on the team, and and got back into things. How would you dive? Were you a
1: pretty good diver?
2: <laughs> I, I wasn't can, a good swimmer. Can you hit a
1: good cannonball?
2: Have you guys I ever? Could, I could cannonball. Have yeah. you guys
0: ever went off one of the belly flop? The, the ten meter. One of the big ones. The ten meter dive boards. I've gone off a bigger one than ten. I remember what I was, was in ten, like ten, I was like ten, ten years, years
1: old. It's well, thirty just, feet. That's, that's oh, thirty feet. One. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking you meant ten feet. It's no, hard. ten meters. Yeah, I've done. I've jumped off one of the the thirty thirty foot ones before, and it's it's scary when you when I was like ten ten years old. <laughs> it takes a second to get. You yeah, you get over there. there and you're like, well, all
0: right. You, you know, I wasn't trying for anything. I was just gonna land in the water, but you're up there. All righty, we got two more teams that we do just want to touch on. Uh, the other two teams that advanced past our podcast last week with the Kingsley Stags falling in the quarterfinals. James, you were at that game. I mean, what what can you say about the Stags at the end of this year?
2: Um, you know, they had that huge win against Cadillac in the in the regional final. Um, first time they'd ever beaten Cadillac, and I think that just kind of took a lot out of them. You know, um they came into this Corona game, you know, Jessica Leffler said after the match that, you know, we we overlooked them or underestimated them. But Corona came in with a, you know, one huge hitter and she kind of did them in. And the momentum just really didn't get going for for Kingsley. They they kind of fought back in the second and third sets a little bit, um, but just could never really get it going. You know, Corona took it to them, and then uh, Corona lost in the semifinals, I believe, uh, to Pontiac Notre Dame. I, you know, and I think maybe Kingsley saw the writing on the wall there too—that even if they beat this Corona team, they're going to run into, I think, Notre Dame, which is when they ranked number one in the state, and you know they kind of saw that and performance was maybe not their best, but uh, you know, they were they were pretty happy with their season. The first time they've ever beaten Cadillac, first regional title in class or in division two, you know, so they did quite a few things. Um, Leffler finishes their her career there as the leading kills in the in school history and and Dave Hall was pretty sure she's probably in the top ten in digs as
0: well. Yeah, definitely a good season for Kingsley. They have a lot coming back too. You know, we've talked about Austin DeWeese on this podcast before. She's definitely got some skill to help Kingsley keep this run going. I know Coach Dave Hall is still pretty excited about them, have some pretty young people, especially who were forced to play some time this year and keeps Kingsley to yet another 50-win season. So it's it's nothing to be ashamed of for their season, just one step short of getting down to Battle Creek like the other two teams and our other team that...
2: Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have a decent amount coming back next yeah. year. And, and Deweese really stepped up. I mean, Corona was kind of, uh, I think, concentrating on Leffler a little bit and uh And Dewey really stepped up and was a big part of their offense in that game. I mean she had w- more kills than Leffler did, but uh um you know she was probably their most effective player in that game and now a lot of those girls
1: uh transition into basketball, which of course has them defending uh a final four run as well, and they're going to be loaded again for another fun run so
0: Looking we'll ahead to that next sports yeah. season. Either way, we have one more team to talk about. It was the Traverse City St. Francis Gladiators. They fell in the semifinal to what we spoke about earlier: the USA, the Union, sibu Wing, United Sibu-ing, States, of Wing. Yes, the U.S. U.S.S. US, USA. Uh, that's all I know. I, the Patriots. Yeah, they. I think it was more of a characteristic game for St. Francis than they would have liked to admit throughout this the season. They kind of got off kilter early. They. Had to fight back. They looked pretty good in that second game, in which they, you know, came in, fought, fought for a win, and you know, thought, oh, we're, we're going to be able to come back. We're going to be able to do this. But the one thing from that was the, the girl from Unionville, Riley Zimmer. She was, she just was dominating the gladiators. She she was doing whatever she wanted to, just catching them off guard left and right. And there was a few girls down in Battle Creek, including one that played against Leland, Anna Smith. Um, who was only a sophomore? Who were just dominating forces, and I think that that's Traversy, what happens when you get down there. Yeah, Travis St. Francis ran up into against one some of those pretty girls. good teams, yep. but then
1: you run into teams with girls that are going off to big name colleges at the next level, and sometimes that, that can be a do reason. In. If you don't have the right game plan and in, in, in set in stone, uh, you, you could get you can get quickly tossed after having really a little issue. I mean, they dropped the first game against Beale City in the quarterfinal, but then kind of just like The regional semifinal win, they bounced back and won three straight and really didn't have a problem, actually put up a a ton of consecutive points there, a great run of points in the first and second games in that Beale City quarter. But, yeah, the semifinal matchup just proved to be a little much for them. But continuing a good streak, 2012, 2015, 2018. Of being in the semis, so we know it's going to be probably
0: 2021, if not. Sooner. I would say that sounds like a Tom Izzo run team. There's yeah. never, never a group. A of... A senior and a
1: freshman. Yeah. always. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's always, there's always there's at least one person on every single team who's been down to Vettel Creek. But that has
1: since broken up the Thomas history. So I know, I know, I remember that. That's really sad. Day.
0: But uh, nonetheless, Molly Mirabelli, you know the Fool sisters. They played very well. They just after they put themselves down, they got outmatched. They kept falling behind, and they weren't able to make that run all the way back. To the top over USA and uh, Trevor Seaf St. Francis did have a very fantastic season. I know uh, Coach Witzak made a pretty good point. Uh, one quote that I really liked, he said, "Well, there's like 121 other teams who would want to be, be here right Yeah, who wish they could even and be in that. the seven or in the semifinals, and they're not. They 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 were happy, happier than a clam with their season. And you know, you fall in that type of situation. It's it's always tough, but it's you know a couple." state state final or state, state semifinalist teams for the gladiators in the fall sports season.
2: And I gotta give a shout out to Molly Mirabelli for a very clutch uh move here last week when she was in when she signed the uh big board, she signed her name over top of her boyfriend's name.
0: That's okay, Molly. Either way, appreciate them having being in the studio with us last week. But they you know, they had a great season but I guess it all comes to an end at some point. Just like this podcast, it's coming to an end quickly. We still got a little bit more to go. I know, it's coming to an end quickly. We are probably running longer than we should, especially because it's just us talking. But these people
1: have to have something to chew up their drives to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, or chew
0: up their Thanksgiving dinner, too, if you don't want to listen to your family. We want this to be a
1: very downloaded episode because this is a very slow week all around. You need to fill your audible viewing pleasures with this podcast.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to drown out the family, just turn on the Get Around and join your second family here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Or the Listen. second half of the Lions game.
2: Yeah, when yeah, <laughs> would, when you don't want to watch her,
0: When you don't want to watch the Lions anymore. After the Bears, man, I cannot believe what the Bears have been doing this season. <laughs> that defense is outrageous. Ugh, Khalil Mack again, just
1: tearing up. is the, this the
0: side category? Is there any no. chance for
1: Detroit Lions before last year had won four straight on Thanksgiving?
0: But, it's not happening this year. Yeah, not a chance. I, I don't, I don't foresee yeah, it. I don't, I James,
1: don't. are gonna ask you about that later this week on the uh, Jimmy John Sports Corner on seven and four, as James makes his routine Thanksgiving Day. You're always there, so chipper on Thanksgiving Day. You would think you'd have something better to do. No, nope, <laughs> nope. he's always there, and you know why people know he's there because he always knows what happened in the game.
0: The bulletin board that was brought to you by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a thirty-second sandwich. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy Johns. Freaky, yeah. So you guys now know what time it is. It's time to induct another member into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, the Get Around Hall of Fame. Next to me is a sheet of very, very prestigious inductees. If you can hear it in Harrison's hand, it is... It's so hot. It's, it uh, is, I can't even hold it for it's, that long. All it's that glimmers is talent. gold. All That Glimmers is gold and every single name on this list. I like how you guys have glimmering. used
1: different, font, uh, different pen ink. We've got some black, some red, some blue.
0: Once again, All That Glimmers is gold. We have a pink marker in here we can use too. Uh, we have three players of the week to put up. We did have quite a few state finals matchups that we've just been fawning over, over for the last however long this podcast turns out to be. But I'm going to go ahead and start off with my... Individual who I would like to put up for the Get Around Hall of Fame. Somebody who I started the season by talking to, and it's kind of came full circle. Uh, Alice Siddall, the setter for Leland Com- the Leland Comets. She just recently moved into fifth all-time in the Michigan MHSAA retro- record books for assists as a volleyball player. She played nearly every point since she was a freshman, so I can see how the numbers will definitely add up. And her being a setter, one of the best I've ever seen. Definitely, I think she deserves it. She's also somewhere on that list, I believe, in the top fifteen aces. for uh, for aces yep. as well. So even with a loss in the state finals game, in which nobody looked their best, I would like to put Ella Sid all up for the most exclusive club because it's something she still hasn't been put into, which I'm kind of amazed by. But I think that's because we've just expected consistency. It's t- setters too. You don't I, yeah, I think in a regular
1: just... season, you don't really think of them as the the faces of their team and the the leading stat. Stuffers That's for the, their team, I've but heard, look at this. She's on
0: the all-time state. Stat well, I've heard from list, so. multiple people in volleyball that the the best way to have a good volleyball team is to have a good setter. You can make it's a, the you catcher can make, in baseball. Basically, it's the quarterback in exactly, football. It's the exactly. point guard. Yep. It's the quarterback. So I'm gonna put up Ella Siddle. and uh, who do you guys have, Harrison? Uh, I'm going to go with Molly
1: Mirabelli, one of your guests last week. Uh, she was phenomenal in the win over Beale City in the quarterfinal, and um, even though she probably made some mistakes that she wasn't too happy about um, in the semifinal, she she was playing tough and, and doing her best to kind of lead the girls up in that big-time situation. Her, she previously having played in a state semifinal back in 2015. Uh, and one thing I noticed with Molly, and I told her after the game when I was talking to her, I, I noticed a couple times when she missed some kill attempts in the quarterfinal, uh, you see a lot of people when they miss like that, they kind of they're they're pissed, they're upset, they're unhappy, they, and, and that's me in golf. I get really upset when I do something wrong. No. And that's probably. Oh, no, you my don't. Down- yeah, you're right. I'm really easy going out there. <laughs> um. So Molly, I noticed would miss some of these kill attempts, and when she come down, I would look at her because I'd have her in the shot, and I'd see a smile creep across her face, and not like a smile like yes, SOB. I can't wait to have another crack It was like a all right, well, these things happen. That wasn't my play, but I'm going to make sure the next one is. And I brought that up to her. I was like, normal people might be a little frustrated that they're not getting those shots that they think they should be getting, but she seemed very composed, and she's like, yep, that's the message I'm trying to deliver. You know, this is a quality team. Even though we make mistakes, we, we know how good we can be, and that's that's the goal we want to get to. And I, I think that type of leadership and, and getting them to the semifinal, I, I put up Molly for uh, this season, not just so she can sign over her boyfriend's name, but so she can get her name on that
0: list yeah. as well. The more exclusive list than the list that's next to the list. Yeah, the
1: guest list is just
0: it's just a guest list. Yeah, you you can get Hall in the door on list. the guest list. You can't get in the VIP unless you're on the Hall of Fame. Now James but who he are is He is already in
2: the Hall of Fame though, too, yeah. I believe <laughs> from, from baseball ad. Well yeah, well it, <laughs> that,
0: that we don't well, there's still not a plus one. It doesn't matter. There's still not yeah. a plus one. You need They don't need own. plus
1: ones. They're, they've already got separate invitations together.
0: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see James. Who is your
2: Nominee. I'm going to throw in there uh, Trevor City St. Francis defensive end Tom Hegewald, or uh, as the PA announcer in Mount Pleasant kept saying his name, Hegewald. Uh, he, he had 14 tackles in that game, which I think is the most that any player has had this season in a single game for St. Francis. Um, he had a tackle for a loss and also intercepted a pass in that game and just seemed to be uh, kind of all around uh, for St. Francis in that game when they when they. We're going against that huge offensive line from Montague. righty. so hedge your bets. <laughs> <laughs> Tom
0: Hegelwald, your bets. Yeah, Tom Haggard, your bets. Who are we voting? for? I still my today? best St.
1: Francis name of the George Mackey, Return of the Mac. I just love that song so much. So I'll go ahead and vote first. Uh, I think it's you know nothing on Molly or or Tom, but I, I think we just mentioned how, you know, Ella is kind of overlooked maybe in the regular season for the stats that are reported in the newspaper and the highlights on the news, but what she just put together in a four-year career at Leland, uh, bookending them with state finals appearances and being one of the all-time best in the state at setting a volleyball. I'm uh, easily giving my vote to Ella Sittle.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go there, too. I mean, I'll make, I'll make Jake's vote irrelevant. Yeah, I... I it's... Uh, you know, no, come on. We're going. going hey, let's, going give Ella,
1: let's give Ella. Let's give Ellen and yeah, no, Leland comments one more sweep on the year. Oh, what do you say, one boys? More, one oh, more, sweep. more sweep.
0: The unanimous decision for for the Get Around Hall of Fame in episode number fifty-eight. Ellis, at all, congratulations on not only breaking into the top five, but joining even something more exclusive than the MHSAA reg- record books. The Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, You've definitely earned it. With I believe it's now.
1: Yeah, I think she jumps ahead of Alicia Glass for most successful Leland Volleyball player of all time with this latest get-around Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. The get-around bump. Yeah, jumps ahead of the Olympian Alicia Glass. Who was at the matchup? She might be a Miss Volleyball
0: short. She might be a Miss Volleyball short or... But that this this is worth its weight in exactly. gold. What, what just happened here? So exactly. We we ha- what has happened here today <laughs> shall be enshrined forever. Wikipedia, she got
1: a Wikipedia page now.
0: Yeah, no, but uh, she's headed on to De- onto to DePaul, so another Division One athlete for Coach Lori Glass, and once again, top five. I you can't say enough about it. So, righty. as we are wrapping up our show, we have everybody's favorite segment, the trifecta, back in full effect for Thanksgiving week. There's a lot of themes that go throughout this week. Being thankful for things, food, family, football, whatever, turkeys. A lot of people still think Christmas is already here. You know what I saw
1: on Rotten Tomatoes today? They ranked... The top 20 Thanksgiving movies. So there Twitter. is such a thing as movies that are kind of, Although one of them on the list was Adam's Family Values, and I think that's just because they reference Thanksgiving in a summer play they do, so... But bottom line, Thanksgiving should be treated more as a unique holiday than just a uh, Christmas, the Jun-
0: Christmas pr- preview. Yeah, Christmas like Junior. the in-between between scary and happy. You just give thanks for things. So for the trifecta today, I wanted to ask Harrison James, what in are you itself. thankful for and... What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? What What are you going back for, for seconds or maybe even thirds? I just think we'll
1: all have something
0: different. I I know what mine is, and that's easy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it out to the birthday boy. The guest is birthday cake your favorite Thanksgiving meal because it always falls right around this time. And it I'm were, sure they... when I was a
1: kid, we used to com- combine the birthday with Thanksgiving, which was a little lackluster as a kid. But I mean, I still got presents, so it's you know. You, you never really, really hear that. You really hear the good. kids who
0: had like the bad like my stepdad. uh Shout out Jim, his birthday's on Christmas Day. You always hear about those kids. You never hear about... Everybody even thinks about the, forgets about the Thanksgiving kids with the their Thanksgiving birthdays. Thanksgiving birthdays. Yeah, everybody um, always does that. What's wrong, with, what's wrong with that? But It's all good, though. It's an easy excuse for the
1: family to be there. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, we'll do Thanksgiving food first. For me, I, I think I, I got it. I mean, mashed potatoes are good with gravy, but something about my grandma's baked beans that she makes every year, it's, that's always like my If that's not there, I get really upset. And I'm like, well, where where are the baked beans? Like, oh, we 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 didn't make them this year, and it just kind of like leaves a void on my plate, not literally, but figuratively. And it's all great. I got turkey and potatoes and dressing and salad, but and- it'll forever live infamy
0: as you know the. Thanksgiving with how Grandma's beans.
1: Yeah, and actually I'm going to be working again this year, so it just hit me that I'm not going to be getting beans again. I mean, hopefully I get... There's a leftover plate. Hopefully we do have career. a plate at work, which is nice. They do cater when we, we work Thanksgiving Day. James, you'll get some of that because you're going to be in there on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so, yeah, that also shout out to Pumpkin Pie because I feel like that's one of the best... Pie- I know you either love or hate Pumpkin Pie, but... As I'm, long as you I'm, got whipped cream, you're good. I'm a big fan of Pumpkin Pie in the holidays. And what I'm thankful for... You know, we we could say generic family, friends, whatnot. But, you know, we all work in the sports business. And I think what's great about the sports business, it, it, it never gets too serious or too uppity. It's, it's all about fun. And it never stops. All year round, okay, in the summer it gets a little slow, especially when the Tigers aren't that interesting. But all year round, like, I get excited this week, not for NFL or college football. I love these little college basketball tournaments they have. Feast Week. On ESPN, they got the Maui Invitational, MSU's, and in the Las Vegas mm-hmm. Invitational. They do that one in the Bahamas with the really short ceiling, where yep. they're like in a ballroom. Like Battle for Atlantis. Yeah. yeah. So as much as this week is about football, I think it's just as much about college basketball because I love basketball tournaments, and that's what they're taking. So in general, you know, I'm so glad that I, I found this passion to to enjoy following and watching sports because you turn a corner and you get something new. Oh, you're getting a little burnt out. By by football, I don't know who would ever say that, although you know me, I'm not really that into NFL. You got your hockey, you got your basketball. You can wait a couple more months. Spring training is going to report, you know, oh, the basketball season's getting kind of boring. There's March Madness. There's always something there to keep you entertained and to look forward to. Good seasons or bad. So I'm very thankful uh,
0: for for the athletic way of life and how we all get paid to talk about it. I think we can both echo that sentiment, Harrison. But James, what about you? Favorite... Thanksgiving food?
2: Uh, I would have to go with uh, you know, the stuffing. I just, there's just something different about stuffing when it's actually made in the turkey. You know, it's just way different than anything you can you know you, you buy in the no store. Stores, or it comes out of a stuff, box yeah. or anything like that. It's just uh, there's just something about. It. I could just I could just have the meal with just that and <laughs> and it's some turkey. You know, but you know, the mashed potatoes are fine and everything like that. But it's the mashed, mashed potatoes are actually for Thanksgiving are better than the normal mashed potatoes too okay. because you're making them from usually from the giblets from the to oh. the turkey and stuff. And See, that's...
0: That's... My mom... My family in general, we've always done... I've always done handmade stuffing. She was down at the Old Hungarian Bakery in downtown Detroit. Buy, bought all the bread like last Friday. It's been sitting out in her spare bedroom on a bunch of trays drying out. So It's she's called the grumble. Old Hungarian Bakery? Oh, no, there's... There's just there's a Hungarian bakery that's off Oakwood. For some reason, Ray. I immediately thought of Mongolian barbecue when you no, said that. They probably no. have nothing to do with each it's other. It's Down in Delray, because it's uh, Hungary and Mongolia. But. Down in Delray, Michigan. But either way, yeah, no, she dries all the bread out. It's it's, it's as far as making the actual bread ourselves. She's always we've always done the stuff like that, and it's always such a good part of the meal. But continue, continue.
2: And, and I mean, just just making stuff. That's not out of a box, you know. Or you, our f- whole family kind of just converges usually at my mom's house, and you know we help make the we help make the gravy by hand. You know we help stuff the turkey and do that. You know we slice the turkey, and it's just kind of a a cool family experience. To do that, and you know usually turns out great as well. And I don't know, it's just usually one of the things from Thanksgiving I look forward to. That and, you know, watching a quality. Thursday football game, which you usually the don't Cowboys? get on the other Thursday games. What's the night <laughs> game?
1: Was uh, I think it's Saints
2: Falcons. That one might be. No, it won't. <laughs> when? What are you thankful for, well, James? Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the normal things. You know, family, my wife. You know, Star Wars, an interesting <laughs> job. You know that that doesn't uh, that doesn't get dull. You know, you you know, it kind of is what you make of it. You know, life or your job? job? All of it. Well, life too life too um you know and then this week i was thankful for jake taking over and, and doing a bunch of stuff so that i could go hunting you know Jake brett, is a really brett good called guy. in brett called in sick on wednesday so you know jake ended up working six days last week jake works a lot wow. he also gets his friends candy for
1: their birthday so you don't have to tell everybody oh that that yeah that was me that's right
2: you oh.
1: sour sure. patch kids it's the best movie theater candy
2: how old are
0: you
1: well, I... We're know, dyslexic. He's uh,
0: 23.
1: I was going to say, a lot of people would guess that I'm 23, but you, you flip the numbers around and you probably have the real answer. Pro- I teenage- probably. I actually, tr- true story. Maybe. True Maybe. story. The other night, it was on my Snapchat, so I don't know if you guys... I told you about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at a party in the Grand Rapids area where I was staying for the Battle Creek Games, and um, I overheard this girl... Was also celebrating a birthday on Monday. I go, hey, cool. We share a birthday, blah, blah, blah. And then a girl next to her was going, You guys have a birthday on Monday? I have a birthday on Monday, too. We come to find out with the exact same. I told you this, too, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell everybody. So, no, <laughs> you, you guys are like, Dude, we've heard this. But, you know, for the 200 listeners who are going to download this week's podcast, at least, if not 2,000. No, 2,000. To all of you who. I know met my Iowa. long lost triplets, the November 19th, 1986 birth date babies. I was the earliest, though. I was 10.30 a.m., so I was the oldest. Or well, the oldest of the imaginary triplets.
0: Well, I, I'll get into my part of the trifecta. Besides the stuffing, since James already brought out the stuffing, and I kind of hijacked his answer, which was um, homemade stuffing. I'll, I'll go with green bean casserole or mm. um, which is always fantastic, because I could just eat a whole bowl of that. But my aunt always made this pistachio pudding which I don't really know what it was, but it was like little mini marshmallows and like shaved pistachios with this green jello. And it it was fantastic. It's it's some of the best pudding in the world or jello, whatever you want to call it. But those are just a couple of things that always tickle my tummy on Thanksgiving. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest turkey. What are guy. you, the Pillsbury Doughboy? Tickle, Tickle my tummy. My tummy? Well, yeah, I mean, that's only a few. So many days I get to be that fat. Is that but... the impression we should do this week? The Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. <laughs> Anyways, um, there thankful for what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for not just you guys in the studio, but most, most all of Northern Michigan for accepting me into the the family up here. You know, making me feel comfortable and wanted up in Northern Michigan, especially here at the record eagle and with everybody else out in the community all the coaches players athletes have all you feel like you've been here for years yeah I feel like you know I feel like I know more than I'm supposed to <laughs> but I also feel like I know I I know quite a quite a few more people than I expected to at this point which is awesome because the community out here has been beautiful and of course as James said gotta always say thank you to my wonderful family back in Detroit and I guess do they they listen, really, right? Yeah. My parents don't listen. Yeah, no, my, my, I, I know. <laughs> my dad why, hates I know tricks. my mom will be listening to this. Uh, can't wait to be preparing Thanksgiving dinner, probably dancing in the kitchen. Uh, all well, maybe we should make morning, it another so. hour
1: just for her, because everybody cooks, what, four or five hours? Yeah, that's how, yeah no, that's, so I know she'll be... We should just do a marathon episode. She'll talking. be up at like
0: five in the morning, starting to cook a turkey and do everything after already working all of Wednesday night, and then there'll be, whatever, 14 people there to eat, and she'll make 65 people's worth of food. Go, everybody! Take a whole, whole t- a whole Rubbermaid yeah, container of leftovers. December fifteenth. <clears throat> so your mom doesn't even listen. <clears throat> I don't think
1: she even no. knows I'm. I'll tell her tonight though. We're going out to dinner. Okay, there so you go. It's my my
2: eighty-two-year-old mom listens on her iPhone. She downloads yeah. it on her iPhone. That's amazing. To you gotta have a
0: subscribe on iTunes because then it just downloads she she can their do phone the whole immediately? thing. she the whole thing? Sometimes I don't know. It's probably her nighttime nap. Nap. Yeah, I was gonna say that Lubricant. Say, some podcasts maybe right to sleep. But we do not have uh, too much time here. We've been running over quite a while. We do want to make sure we extend our great uh, thanks and gratitude to our sponsors at Jimmy John's, who continue to provide us with free subs to give away to our wonderful listeners. James, we did have a winner from last week. Who would that be?
2: Yeah, if you, if you share the uh, link to the podcast on Facebook or retweet it on uh, Twitter, we'll put you in the, uh, in the, in the drawing here for the, uh, for the winner. Uh, this week's winner is Carrie Ann Kojer. So we'll be trying to get a hold of you probably through Facebook here in the next couple of days and get an address from you and uh, get, your, get your two free sandwich functions we'll on the way. we get you fed. We yeah. can get
0: you fed. And for all of you listening, like James said, make sure you retweet, share, like, interact with Talk this, about
1: it, the water cooler. Yeah,
0: interact with this episode. Get my parents to listen mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> episode 58 of the Get Around podcast.
2: And, c- and coming up, we have two more of the Andreas Athanissou Puck giveaways. Pucks so, to give away.
0: Anthony Cio. Yes. We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get the, the juices flowing for these big giveaways.
2: So yeah, make we're, sure. save, we're saving the pucks for hockey season, for high school hockey season. Yeah. But you know, which
1: is in full effect. It's yeah, we just got, got started up. I'm assuming you guys are going to be talking about that a
0: little next week. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of stuff going on. We're going to have a lot of all region stuff to talk about. Previews for basketball and all that good stuff. One uh, season leads to another. Yeah, that should be the one season leads, leads to another. another. Doo, 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 doo. Anyways, that's gonna do it for us here at the get around. I've been your host, Jake Gatnip, as always in the studio with me here,
2: James playing air Couch. guitar.
0: Yeah, yeah, playing air guitar. That's all because... me. But with me uh, on the drums, James Cook, and on the vocals, the, air vocals. Yeah, air vocals. The Birthday Boy, seven aren't, and four is Harrison BB. And all vocals, air vocals. Unless you're lip syncing. Unless you're lip syncing. You're using some air. Without further ado, we will see you next week.